In this episode of Threading Thoughts, we discuss robotic process automation or RPA. RPA enables the automation of routine digital tasks. With RPA, software users can create software, robots, or bots that can learn, execute, and mimic rules-based business processes. A business process automation technology, RPA is an intelligent process automation. It enables an ease in workflow with multiple steps and applications, and it is designed to reduce the burden of employees for completing repetitive, simple tasks. The extension of legacy business process automation beyond the confines of an individual process is aided by RPA. AI tools along with RPA can extend the scope of process automation beyond just individual processes. However, our organization's digital process ready. Raghav Myapati has over two decades of experience in driving digital technology strategy, evangelizing product management, implementing digital transformation, and providing business consulting across multiple industries using digital automation products such as robotics process automation and artificial intelligence. He is the head of automation, director of product management at ASG Technologies, where he is the founder and creator of robotics automation and cognitive automation product, which provides best-in-class digital automation and intelligent automation platform. He is also an industry ambassador and a digital evangelist in robotic process automation, cognitive automation, complementing AI skills such as NLP, CV with RPA, providing mentoring, coaching, and evangelizing digital automation products. Welcome, Raghav. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. It's such a pleasure having you on Threading Thoughts. Thanks, Murugula. It's a pleasure as well for my side, and thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Raghav, I just wanted to start off with uh, asking you, um, what is this new normal, uh, given that you know this year has been particularly difficult? So what is this new normal? Why do you think organizations need to shift the focus uh, to sort of become a little more digital, uh, digital savvy, perhaps? What, do you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? And uh, that's more relevant and pervasive now. Because what, I have, uh, what we have seen over the last one, one and a half years, right, due to the pandemic is uh, we started working from home, right? We don't have to move to office, go to office, or even schools, everything is digitized. So this is the right time for all the organizations to rethink and reimagine the way the current business models, which, which have been evolved, right, uh, from the time when automation started. So just to give you a brief overview, so uh, the history of how it all started, right, or why, right. why we need to automate. So around around 1800s, right, uh, the, the first industrial era started when with Ford and others going to mass production, and where the first initial uh, seed of automation was uh, started in um, US and then followed by Japan and other countries. Correct. Then uh, in 90s, we saw companies like Microsoft, uh, Google, IBM, all these big shots that have introduced the digital uh, information era, right? Right. We have information sharing, we have connected machines. So one machine can talk to another machine. So when I was in school, I could never never imagine that I could access something which was there <laughs> in the US, right, through information. So right. that was very, very exciting for all of us, right? How one machine can talk to another machine or share information. So that era actually has an information era. Then <clears throat> 2000s, when we started the actual digital era, 
where everything is on data so data as we say it's a new electricity or new oil it is weaving to it together everything right so billions of terabytes of data gigabytes of data are getting generated as we talk in one minute right facebook uh, whatsapps all these applications so our kids this generation is surrounded by data with mobile apps uh, smartphones so uh, that's where i think this is the right time when organizations think right as a as a consumer we are imagining that okay i feel something which is needed for me to ease of use right or which i need in at my fingers uh, fingertips to do something or book something or something so all these brick and mortar organizations also which are there so i'll give an example of paint industry right so i got a strange request from one of the paint companies during the covid saying that i'm not able to sell my paints because nobody is visiting my shop right and what should i do so these are the companies which have been there as a brick and mortar traditional companies they need True. to reinvent their business model so that they can be relevant right or else they will be out of business so that is the what i should uh, i think that personally that's the push which is coming due to this new normal and i would say that's a blessing in disguise uh, right for this uh, situation which we have that companies are rethinking they are saying whenever i talk to people about automation rpa or hyper automation they are no longer strangers to those terms they are saying oh, okay i know at least i understand and how how can i implement in my current organization right so that's what i would say this new normal has really benefited all those companies to rethink reorganize and reinvent their models to and they push towards the automation and digitization very true as you say um, you know it's completely erased borders as you mentioned yes. so the accessibility or uh, the need to reach out across borders is completely erased because everything is one amalgus um, you know information era yes. but uh, can you just briefly mention about um, you know hyper automation perhaps and and its yes. landscape yeah so just again to start a um, uh, evolution of hyper automation right so in 90s we started with something called process automation okay. so that is where companies started to redesign or realign their processes so i'll give an example from bank i come from banking industry where all these processes are in silos so mm-hmm. uh, mortgage department would have their own processes retail would have own processes consumer would have own processes and within these processes also there are a lot of silos where one department will not talk to another department right? right so now how do you make these departments talk to each other legal hr finance right so that there is a common thread or a streamlining of these processes so that anyone top like a cto level or cio level can visualize okay this is what is happening across my organization so that's where this business process um, automation or management tool started in early 90s where they started to redesign or rethink these processes and streamlining and orchestrating then in around 2006 years back around 2014 13 when i was in us i started hearing about this robots right robotic process automation right so well, that is when um, people realized that okay not only automation of process is helpful but we should also uh, automate the tasks within this process so in the process you can have a human task you can have a bot task right so how do you automate these repetitive mundane tasks within your process using rpa and rpa uh, allows us to do a digital labor arbitrage right so no longer we need a uh, people to outsource your task so bots can take your take up your okay. task right? okay. then uh, the need which of the hour which you are seeing is moving from rpa which is which doesn't have any uh, self learning or intelligence towards ai and machine learning right 
where you you can induce self learning intelligence within the rpa or any other platform so that there is a learnability of that right and then they, the bots remember whatever has been trained and then produce or predict results so we are seeing lot of applications right amazon facebook whatsapp all these are applications of ai now these technologies cannot sustain right in next 2 to 3 years as siloed or standalone so we see again i'll give an example of big shots like microsoft ibm all these companies they have gone ahead and acquired rpa products and companies like uipath and automation anywhere uh, they have also partnered with process mining process discovery tools why this is happening is they felt that not only standalone rpa can sustain other technologies can also cannot also sustain standalone those okay. so there is a need for amalgamation or conglomeration so i would say the right word for hyper automation is conglomeration of all these technologies together so we'll have process mining discovery we'll have ui ux we have low code no code where people can drag and drop we have rpa then augmented with ai and ml capabilities right so the entire spectrum is called hyper automation and uh, you were absolutely right because it uh, within departments in one organization correct what actually happens is it's it's not only lack of say collaboration but it's also a lack of efficiency right yes. um so the lack of communication between these departments mm. also creates some sort of an inefficiency which will affect the organization per se uh, on a whole yes, and uh, this uh, birds eye view is actually helping them to sort of come together much better so they will uh, so what we are talking now about is customer 360 right where everything related to the customer is there in your in- insights uh, dashboard so people are envisioning and recently have been discussing with various customers who are who want this uh, insights dashboard so i log in in the morning so as soon as uh, you see your whatsapp right similar to that you should see what is happening in your organization and also what is happening uh, at your customers place so is there any issues or is what are the so in banks right the typical example is how many transactions how many defaults all those things you should get it as a as alert as a message right so that's the dashboard instead of you going and trying to talk to different people it's right. a long and inefficient process yes, time consuming as well yes. but that's really nice but uh, when you talk about digital processes who is responsible for creating these digital products uh you know the roles and responsibilities are often very amorphous so yes. who actually takes up the you know the mantle in an organization yeah that's again a great question right so uh, as you rightly said uh, organizations are striving for adoption of these technologies now who will take the baton right and move forward so that's when we have a role called uh, digital product manager so earlier we used to have product manager role so still we have product managers existing but i would call them as a digital project product managers because these are the people who look beyond the traditional uh, technologies look everything from a digital eyes right a right. digital view a perspective so, is different yeah digital perspective when they can see that everything they see is like how can i digitize this process how can i do this so uh, i would call that person as a ceo of a product right so, so product management is all about building the right products at the right time right and the greatest product manager founder or ceo was steve jobs mm. right he had always this uh, long term vision and he used to see that from a 30000 feet always right saying that this is what is coming and he used to envision that and build this product so same vision we as a digital product manager should have and why i call them a ceo is they own that product so they create that product they nurture that product so i 
I have a term called CNG. It's not mm -hmm. the, the the gas, but it's called create the product, nurture the product, and grow the product. Grow so that's the, product. the job of it. Digital product manager, right? So you you are the person who are uh, ideating this product, right? Who are doing a, a market research or who are do, reviewing the customers and user personas, and you are creating the idea. Then you are nurturing the, this idea. And I'll give an example again with the automation landscape. So people have started building RPA, right? Uh, the, right. And with an idea of um, automating re repetitive tasks. Now, how do you nurture this, right? So they are nurturing this by adding some intelligent features to this, right? So they are enriching this product. So that's where I call this nurturing or enriching this product is always required as a digital product manager. So you can see beyond what is happening. So currently I'm able to solve this problem, but five years down the line, RPA won't sustain, right? Unless you add more or complement more features to that. So that's Correct. where this nurturing is very important and then growing. So once you nurture the product or you add more features, more technologies, then how do you grow that product so that it is uh, scalable, right? Correct. I call this term as CNG of uh, digital uh, product manager's role. And I call this product manager as a glue, right? And he's a glue between all those various teams. So he's a glue between a developer, a designer, a UX person, a architect, a end customer, and also your QA uh, person who tests the product, right? So he's in the middle as a glue and he is a point of contact and interaction for all those teams. Correct. correct. So he's almost a fulcrum. He's the one that yes. has to make it work. And it's, uh, as you mentioned, any uh, digital process, it has to update itself. So that's yes. where the nurturing happens. You update nurturing. it to the next level and you just don't stagnate at one position where you are right now. It's also a, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, an idea of the future. Some sort yes. of an idea of where we might go, uh, what yes. might happen. So that vision is also very important, I guess. Yes. And that's really, I, I love two people, right? Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. So both have this vision. So the Elon vision, Musk yes. Is planning for colonizing the Mars, right? And he's saying, I think yesterday I was uh, checking one of his podcasts where he's predicting in two years people will be in Mars, right? And that's again an idea, a need which has come, and that what he's nurturing and he's trying to grow it. Absolutely, and also just the thought of uh, uh, you know a private uh, rocket launcher yes. is something mind-boggling, and uh, we have gone to very very different heights from there. So the the far-sightedness I think is very very important, right? And, uh, but uh, talking about farsightedness, what does it take to build these valuable solutions? You know, you have these problems, you know that these problems are tangible, but what takes, uh, you know, what does it take to actually build these solutions? Yeah, so that is again a great question, like everyone asks, right? Uh, yeah. We have an idea. How do we take it from idea to a product? So that's where I have another, uh, and again, acronym. I'm sorry, I'm throwing a lot of acronyms, but <laughs> so I have one more model called 5D model, um, which, uh, which is a pipeline, right? So uh, as you know, it's a pipeline, something enters into a pipe and then something is getting produced, right? So Correct. an idea enters this digital uh, product pipeline, I call it, and a product life cycle when a product is what is generated. And I'll tell you what is this 5D, right? So there's no mystery on this uh, 5, 5D model. So the first D is the uh, discovery part. The second D is the design part. Third is the develop. And then fourth is the deploy. And the fifth one is the digital marketing part or the marketing part, right? So we, we have seen these terms, right? In normal, uh, normal terminologies, but I call this as 
5D model because it's all about digitizing and digital, right? Correct. And the, the first one is discovery, where how do you discover uh, the pain points or of the existing customers, right? So, and in the current scenario, there are a lot of technologies which can help us, right? So, for example, data science itself. Data science itself, if you deploy or implement anywhere, it will give you a lot of insights about the current problems which the customers uh, are having. And that will give you more in data than any anything else, right? And then you have uh, digital marketing tools like Google AdWords or anything like that. And if you post something and then you say that, okay, I need this information or I'm trying to build on this idea, you'll get a lot of response on that. So right now I would say the discovery has become very easy for us. Earlier, right. we used to write these handwritten questionnaires, if you remember during our MBA days and all, right? And these questionnaires, we used to go um, each and every um, shop and then ask them right, to exactly. sign and fill it up. Exactly. Yeah. Trying and to get the answers, uh, yeah, try to cajoling them to answer. answer. <laughs> yeah, so now we don't need this. So with all these digital tools, I would say digital discovery has become very easy. So once you discover what you need, what are the pain points, that is where you try to design, right? Mm -hmm. So design on the idea. So the, again, for the design, there are a lot of tools, but I would say the design thinking is more important. So that's where I call this 5D um, is when the agile meets the design thinking, right? So design thinking approach, uh, we should adopt in, uh, in this digital pipeline because we get from a customer perspective. So we identify what, what the customer needs and what are the user personas. So not only target the entire, um, the, only the one customer, but who are they? So for example, I'll give you in a bank again, right? So there are a lot of user personas in the bank whom you can target. It can be the front office person. It can be the back office person. It can be the technology head, right? Or even it can be the CIO or CTO. So first you identify who are the personas for whom you are building this idea or the product. Right? So that is more important. So in design thinking, we take that approach. We start with the user personas whom we are targeting. Then we start with these small prototypes, right? which we build for them. We validate that. And then we reiterate if it is required. Right? Right. So that is the design thinking part of it. How do you design from an end customer point of view? Then the third D is the develop or the build. So what actually goes into the building of this product Again, here I would uh, the tool for this uh, for any product manager is the agile way of building it, right? So in agile, what we really do is we we get a larger idea, right, bigger idea, and then we break that idea into smaller pieces so that we can iteratively build those ideas, right? So mm -hmm. each of these ideas can be a user story. So in agile terms, we use something called user story, and user right. story is something which is like <clears throat> which can be showcased easily, right? So it's a minimum viable product. We are not showcasing the entire product, but we are taking that entire idea, breaking down into smaller ideas or user stories. And each of these story has a front load value. So I'll mm. call this as a front load value because immediately you can show the value, right? Yeah, you and can immediately visibly value. see it. Yeah, right? immediately vis visibly see. So you don't have to wait till the entire three months earlier used to do. Now you can show it in two weeks uh, cycles, right? So uh, that's where, so in, in uh, uh, build phase, I, I would say testable value is very important. Uh, build the user stories, create a testable value, show it, and then build on top of it, right? If something goes wrong. So front loading and testable value is what I call uh, the build phase. Then we have the deploy phase, where right now we again have a lot of tools which we are using for deployment, right? So something uh, is emerging called digital operations. Okay. In, in, 
yeah so we don't have to rely on the traditional operations where we go through um, uh, build and test and deploy digital operations or devops right all these are helping us to have a continuous uh, building and continuous deployment right? right and this deployment can happen anywhere right now we are not restricted where exactly we want to deploy you can deploy on premise or cloud so again companies like microsoft google and amazon have done extremely well in coming up with azure and uh, other services who have helped us to build we don't have to again own our infrastructure now right we are again it's like um, arbitraging the uh, even infrastructure right so i will call that like you don't own that you are just saying that you are outsourcing your infrastructure to your cloud environment and you can deploy either in cloud or on premise based on a requirement so that is right. the deployment part final part is the marketing so once you have done everything how do you market so again in the digital product life cycle you have digital marketing tools right <clears throat> which help us in marketing this so we do seo ad ads or whatever tools right. and technologies you use to market these products and that has become more and more relevant now so with uh, you can see the examples of again amazon facebook whatsapp all these companies are doing digital marketing in in, in google right day to day life so you type in something you get an ad based on Correct. your uh, need right and before buying anything you go to amazon and you get product reviews and recommendations right that nobody yeah. would have thought earlier so i would say this is my 5d model which will help us uh, from an idea to a actual product which can be consumed by an uh, customer that's that's very interesting and you're so right because the moment we decide uh, and do a search term it already pops up these ideas yeah. to me that you know you go to these places this is what you find so it's almost doing my work for me i i find it much easier i just have to have that idea in my mind and type it uh, sometimes right. i don't even need to my phone picks up what i'm saying and gives me these uh, ads <laughs> the moment i yeah. open my my facebook right. or any other social media so it's yeah. becoming more and more powerful at uh, you know helping us in those visions but uh, these are for individuals but as a as a strategy for say um, organizations large organizations and firms what strategies do you think that they should follow not only to bring in digital transformation most of them are but i think the key idea is to sustain the digital transformation yes yes so that that question is very relevant for any organizations right who are trying to adopt these technologies so the first thing we should all understand is digital um, technologies or the products never die right so because uh, like physical products have a wear and tear right like buy a refrigerator or a tv or mobile phone Correct. for that sense i i my daughter has three mobile phones every year she will buy one mobile phone right so <laughs> because something she will say something is not she broke exactly something goes wrong something is not working optimally yeah. normal so you go you have tendency to buy something new but digital products are, the beauty of digital products is that you don't have to <clears throat> throw that product away right it, it is there and if something goes wrong only thing you do is you change some configuration or you add some uh, patch or update to that product so that it works in a seamless fashion right again the technologies such as ai and uh, machine learning they are doing such things to our existing products so they are bringing so if uh, for example alexa i would um, see right i have my daughter keeps on using alexa so each and every day they are adding new skills right. so something you feel it is not there immediately the alexa knows that this skill is not there for example suppose your daughter likes listening to rhymes or whatever right music immediately you will see that next day or in a week these skills are getting added so that's like they are making sure that you don't throw away alexa and go to exactly, some other exactly exactly right? 
So that is the, the retention. You know, they, yeah, they nurture uh, retention. retention. Yeah. So that is where I would say it's very important for our digital uh, transformation, the organization which are going through. It should be a top-down mandate, but also it should be a bottom-up, and it should be a hybrid model, right? Where you f- uh, start with top-down, where you have leadership deciding that these are the few processes which needs to be automated or which needs to be in the digital pipeline. But you also have to take up the bottom-up approach where you understand. So there are, again, in the product management terminologies, we have something called, uh, one more acronym I'll use, uh, <laughs> DFV, right? Which is the desirability, the feasibility, and the viability. Right. Uh, and if you have heard that, right? That, so you your desirability comes from the idea and the customers, right? Who are desiring this feature or this idea. But the feasibility part is the when you have a bottom-up approach, where you go to your technical teams, your operations teams, you talk to them, you say that, I'm thinking of this idea, right? From top down, but is it feasible? Like suppose I am working for a thousand uh, company employees, is it really feasible for me to build? So uh, we don't want to go to a moonshot idea, right? Immediately. Right. So like suppose we want to, don't want to send rocket, rockets to the Mars in, in one year. So that is not feasible. <laughs> so ideas has to be feasible. So that feasibility comes from bottom up. So that's why I always take a hybrid approach for any organization, right? Start with the top, with an idea, with the desirability of that. Then go top down where you have a feasibility test. Then you have one more component called viability, which is again forms a Venn diagram, which says that whether it is viable based on the budget or revenues which we have, right? So we, again, don't want to spend all the money or burn all the money in this idea. We can have multiple ideas which can actually augment a single idea to do do the same uh, thing, right? So that is where uh, what I call as a DFV uh, uh, product uh, building framework, which is very important for any organization to understand and when they start the digital automation journey. And also, I would say the the employees upskilling, right? So each and every employee in the organization has to be upskilled in these technologies because in future, I would say five years down the line, we'll have this co-creation capabilities where we'll have bots you'll have humans, right? Both of them have to work together. We are already seeing that. In manufacturing, we are seeing that most of the tough jobs are done by the bots now. And if you must have seen also in the medical, right? In hospitality and medical industries. Healthcare industry, especially. Yeah, the the surgeries, where our hands don't move 360 degrees, robots are doing the surgery, right? right? People are accepting that. Earlier, people used to be afraid when they see a robot, but now they are accepting that, okay, the doctor is not able to do this, that's why he's augmenting. So I would say all these co-creation skills and augmentation skills will uh, will be the future where employees have to be upskilled and uh, and also be enabled to work with these bots and these machines to make this uh, digital transformation sustainable and scalable right, for the future. We don't want to end up in a technology where which is not sustainable 50 years from now, right? We have to create that backbone in a in a in a stronger way so that it is sustainable. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's incredibly informative because, as you correctly said, there is a lot of augmentation that is expected in the next couple of years. It's not replacement alone. Uh, it's right. a lot of collaboration and augmentation, and I think we need to upskill ourselves quite a bit to come up to that level because uh, right now, what we are doing and what can be done, there is a huge, uh, I would say, a gap. And this bridge is is all these tools that we're building up right now. Yes. So thank you so much, Raga, for such an informative 
uh, session and uh, you know sparing your time to spend it with us it's just been an absolute pleasure talking to you today thank you mrinda thanks for having me and uh, i hope this added value and a lot of information which we can use in uh, future thank you absolutely now without a doubt thank you so much thanks have a good